You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. And our Illuminate building restoration project is in full swing. And we are on mission at Ridgewood Church. We see before our very eyes that God is moving. We see people being saved. We see unity coming. But in reality, it does take money to move a mission forward. It takes financial resources to accomplish what we believe God has called us to do. And at Ridgewood Church, our mission is to make Jesus known through community impact. And that means we want to raise up future leaders that can plant a flag for Jesus right here in the western metro. That means we want to start a preschool. We want to become a community center where the the city will flock to us to use our building. We want to be a safe, inviting place for young families. And we want to plant churches, churches that can stand for decades preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to go across the ocean. We want to strengthen our global missions presence, and we want to walk alongside of God as He does amazing things and illuminates our city with the love of Jesus Christ. But more than just a mission, we just want to walk alongside of God. We want to partner with Him because God's the one who has all of these resources to make it happen. We are simply stewards of His vast resources. And the finances that are needed to bring the message of Christ to our city currently reside in our bank accounts, in our wallets, and in our piggy banks. And it's up to each of us, Wendy and me included, to faithfully give back to God just some of what He's given us. So we have this amazing opportunity in front of us. We have this opportunity to sacrificially give. And Illuminate gives us that chance. And during our time together, through the story of a poor widow who didn't fit into the scene that will be described at all in the book of Mark, we'll see through her story that it's not about the size of the gift at all. It's about the heart. It's about what's in here. And so we're going to learn that we can trust God to be faithful, that his bank account is big enough, and he can do the impossible. And when we lean into that, we're going to discover that we can experience life changing joy that happens when we give until it hurts. And so we're going to take our Bibles, and if you have a Bible, if you have a tablet or a phone, you can simply turn with me to Mark 12, 41 through 44, or you can just follow along on the screen. Mark 12, 41 through 44. In this passage, we're going to see this woman grab the attention of Jesus. She didn't grab his attention because she gave much. 
She grabbed his attention because she gave little. And so her sacrifice is what is inspiring to me. And I hope that it's inspiring to you. And it certainly was noticed by Jesus. And in fact, he used it as an object lesson for his disciples. So here's the text, Mark 12, beginning in verse 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And so the first truth here that really catches my attention in this narrative is this, that giving is an act of true religion and is not optional. This is really what it means to follow Jesus, and it's not optional to give what we have. So just to give you some context of what was happening in the verses leading up to this record that is here in front of us. Jesus had been describing the barbarity of the scribes. The scribes were the experts in the law. They're the lawyers. And these are the ones in the New Testament who are associated with the high priests. They're associated with the Pharisees. They're basically the opponents of Jesus. And Jesus would have been observing all of this in the temple. And in the court of the women, which would have been this space, there would have simply been offering boxes, just like you can imagine in your mind, with a slit in them. People would come along and they would put the money in. Each box would have been labeled. They would have known exactly what they were giving to. And it's here that Jesus observed everything that was happening. And this is where he observes this poor widow that becomes the centerpiece of this story. And the very fact that Mark takes the time to record this event shows that giving back to God is what it means to be a follower of Christ. The widow literally gave until it hurt. And you see, that showed how much she loved God. The woman was acting in a far more godly manner than these so-called religious leaders who were giving all of this money. And here they were, they had built beautiful temples, they were adorned in expensive clothing, they had a lot of money, and here is this poor widow who probably looked very out of place in her ragged clothes, in her humble stance, and she's the one that gave us a picture of true Christian discipleship. Isn't that just like the gospel of Christ? Isn't that just like the kingdom of Christ that is totally turned upside down? And so giving is an act of true religion and is not optional. The second thing that comes to mind here is that the Lord is keenly aware of my giving habits. And this is actually a little scary 
but he knows exactly what's going on, both outwardly and inwardly. And so Jesus observed this widow, and he knew exactly what she was giving. And he knew exactly what the others were giving too, because this actually would have been a very public spectacle. It's hard for us to kind of imagine this, but as these rich people would come by and give, they were actually announcing the amounts. And the numbers were adding up. But that didn't impress Jesus at all. Here came a widow up and against these big givers who obviously were there because they wanted the applause of men. And she gave everything that she had. And the Greek expression for poor widow signifies an expression of extreme poverty. This was a very poor woman. She was a widow, which means in that culture it would have been very difficult for her to support herself. She was desperately poor. She should have been the recipient of charity, not the giver of charity. But here she came, bearing this tiny amount. And it's hard to compare money then to money now, but it would have been about an eighth of a cent. And, and, and most would have looked at it and just kind of shrugged. But it represented all that she had to live on. And what Jesus did is he saw her and he, he gathered his disciples around in verse 43 and said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. And his disciples must have just kind of looked at each other like, what is he talking about? But you see, sacrificial giving is in view. The amount of the gift is not what impresses Jesus. It's not the amount. It's sacrificial giving that impresses Jesus. And we all run the risk of, of thinking that because we give our 10% that we base on the Old Testament system, or maybe even a little bit more if we really get generous, that somehow we have done our part, and that's all we need to do. But that may not be the case. Because the Lord isn't interested in percentages. The Lord is interested in the heart. He wants to know what's going on in here. And it's true that the Bible does tell us in the Old Testament to give the first portion of what we bring in. In Leviticus 23.10 Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And so, this important biblical principle is to give the first part of what we have. But the percentages is not what Jesus is after at all. In fact, he's after the sacrificial amount. And if you're asking about whether I'm giving the right percentage, you're probably asking the wrong question. What you should be asking is, am I giving enough where I have to trust God and where it hurts and where I'm really sacrificing something? And there's no question here the widow was hurting. Jesus noted in verse 44 that she was giving out of her 
poverty. And that must have hurt a lot. And that's what so impressed Jesus. And so the question that I asked myself when I was reading this, and the question I will ask you is, are you giving until it hurts? Or even more importantly, a bigger question that finances gives us a glimpse of is, are you living until you are living for Christ a life where you're giving everything to Him until you have to trust Him? That's what this is really all about. The widow's gift was simply a reflection of what was in her heart. So this is so convicting to me because so many times I want to hoard my time and my money. I, I want to do what I want to do with it. I want to clutch it. I, I, I don't really want to give it to God. But that's nothing short of sin. Because God is asking for me to give Him everything, including my money. And if I am submitted to Christ, then I will be submitted financially too. It all fits together. You cannot separate them. And so it's, it's actually a very convicting record in Scripture. And the questions around finances shouldn't just be, am I giving an appropriate amount? It should be, have I submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And then everything will flow out of that. Unfortunately, I think we spend too much time worrying about amounts and percentages and not enough about what it means to submit ourselves to Jesus. And that, I think, is where so much of our struggle is. I know it's my struggle because I struggle with selfishness. I struggle with a deep desire to do things my own way. And it's at times like this when I realize that I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the gospel. I need the help of God to to jar me out of that selfishness. And that's when good things happen. So giving is an act of true religion, and it's it's really not optional. We, We think it's optional, but it's not. And even more convicting, the Lord clearly sees my giving habits. And that's a little bit intimidating. And that's a little bit scary. But it is a reflection of what's important to me. So that's why this matters. So the widow drew the praise of Jesus simply because she gave till it hurt. And it really doesn't matter how much we give. And here's the next point I want to make. I think this is important. That God will use a gift of any size to build the kingdom. He'll use a gift of any size. And again, I can't emphasize this enough, it's not the size of the gift that Jesus was watching that day. The the, the rich people were giving a ton, but they were full of themselves. They They were puffing up their egos. And that's not who Jesus used to teach his disciples. The widow was giving little. And so, Sometimes it's easy to get puffed up by giving a lot, but I think there's also a flip of the coin on that, and that is sometimes we feel like a gift that we can give doesn't matter because it's not enough. So we hesitate to even give it, or we're ashamed that we can't give more. But if there ever was someone 
who could show us that every little bit matters, it's this widow. Jesus valued that money very much. He doesn't need her money. He he doesn't need our money. No, he saw her devotion. And that's what gave him joy. That's what gives him joy. It's, It's when he looks in the heart and he sees that we are submitted to him, when we see that we genuinely love him, that's what brings the Lord joy. And so God used these pennies because they were given with a right heart. And God will use any gift for His glory. And as we continue on this mission at Ridgewood Church, it's important to remember that we all have a part in this. And and that finances are an important part of the mission, but it's only a part. Because what God is really calling us to do is give our hearts to Him. it's It's to say as a church body... And as individuals, that I am yours. We are yours. We're going to put aside our own preferences. We're going we're to put aside the, the preferential history of the church in order to see what you might have for us in the future. That's what it means to submit to Him. That's what it means to pursue a mission that God has given us. And so we can walk alongside of him and then as we walk alongside of him he deepens relationships both horizontal and vertically he wants you to be close to him and that's really what this is about so this giving thing is really important it's it's not an optional thing that we can kind of pick and choose and the lord knows what's happening anyway so we can't fool him we, we can't pretend that, that we're doing better than we are, that we've given Him more than we have. And I think it's important to note, too, that He'll take every gift and He'll multiply it and He'll use it to build His kingdom. And I think the thing about the widow that's important to know is that her motivation was right. And, and that's what I want to touch on as well, is that a true disciple of Christ is a cheerful giver. A true disciple of Christ gives out of a heart of joy, a a heart of generosity. There was compulsion in the the Old Testament. The the Old Testament law called for believers to give. And that 10% comes from the law. And now we're in the New Covenant or the New Testament. They, They mean the same thing. And though there is still a command to give, now the command has changed. It's gone from you have to legally give to I want you to give out of a generous and cheerful heart. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so here's what God doesn't want, is us walking up with our gift in this kind of a, well, okay, if we have to, we'll do that. No. 
God wants a poor widow, someone who's willing to give out of a heart of gratitude and a heart of generosity and, until it hurts. And it's, it's difficult for me to, to read about this widow because that makes me examine my own heart. And during this Illuminate season, Wendy and I have committed to increasing our giving. We, we've, we've made a pledge that's large enough that we have to trust God in order to fulfill it. And it's very much like walking on a cliff and knowing that if God's not holding you up, you're going to fall right off. But what that does then is that elicits faith. And, and it kind of exercises those faith muscles. And so I'm asking you to do the same. I'm asking you to either give for the first time to illuminate. You, you've been able to see the results begin to come into play. You've seen the lobby. You've seen how the building is shaping up. And we're beginning to see some of the community connections that are so important. So for the first time, you can get on board. I'm asking you, too, to fulfill your pledge. And I know that we're in a pandemic. And so here's what I do want to say. If you can't fulfill your pledge, please do not feel shame. Give what you can. And I believe that God will bring someone else along who's willing to give a little bit more. And in the end of the day, God will provide exactly what we need. And so you can do all of this. It's so simple. All you do is go to myrwc.org slash illuminate. And there is all the information. If you're new to the church or if you're new to this project, there's a video there. You can learn more about it. You can see what it's all about. But it's important that we all come together because we want to make Jesus known. We want to make Jesus known in our city and in our neighborhoods. We, we, we want to plant churches. We want to develop leaders. We want a preschool to come online. We want to send more missionaries into the field. And it would be foolish to say that doesn't take money. Because it does. So we want to grow our entire general budget so that we can be an effective church that moves into the future as a powerhouse for Christ. And God has the resources to make all of this happen. Now, I know that there are people who, whenever a pastor talks about money, they say to themselves, well, there they go again. All they talk about in church is money. But I don't apologize for that because I want to see Jesus. I want to see his name made known. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus talked about money a lot. And so what we're really talking about, though, is not money. We're talking about discipleship. We're talking about what we're willing to give out of our heart that is in love with Jesus. And then he will do as he did to the poor widow. He'll look and say, yeah. I'm pleased with that. And that's why this story of the poor widow is one of the most important stories in the Bible. Because it's not really about money, it's about submission. And when we jet forward into our context, and we as Ridgewooders are embarking on this kind of new world that God has given us, we can trust that God will be faithful. 
We can trust that his bank account is big enough to do the impossible. And then we experience that life-giving joy that takes hold when we trust him and we're willing to give until it hurts. So let me just pray over you and pray over our church as we continue to embark on this Illuminate journey. Dear God, I pray for this beautiful flock that you've brought together here at Ridgewood Church. And you have called us to a ministry that we don't exactly know how we're going to do yet. We, we don't exactly know where all of the funds are going to come from. But we do know that you're good for it. And we do know that you own all of the money and that you will bless those who are walking in obedience to you. So I pray that you would bless Ridgewood. I, I pray that you would bless each individual, each individual family. I pray, God, that each of us would look deep into our heart and soul and, and, and not even ask the financial question, but ask, how much of my heart have I given? How, how much of my heart do you have? Because that's really what it's all about. So thank you, God, for everything you're doing, and we love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.